0: Chris and Chris Talk
1: Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, My name is Chris Ferry, and this is my co host.
0: I am Chris Huddleston.
1: And today we are going to be talking about a really interesting movie we watched called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night.
0: شکم اس رشابی کو جوڑے
1: اے دوختہ ترتاری کی کن دے غم معنی نہیں دونی
0: طوفان do یه دون to خیلی شدید از پشت اون not want to be
1: Okay, Uh, so uh, Chris informs me that the language that they speak in this movie is Farsi. I do not speak Farsi, so if you do not speak Farsi, um, you may not have gotten a whole lot out of that trailer. But I think it does give you a sense of tone. And um, do you have a synopsis for us, Chris?
0: I do. So A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is a 2014 film directed by Anna Lily Amarpour, I think is how her name is pronounced. It starts Sheila Vand as the girl. Um, And the synopsis is an Iranian vampire western shot in black and white with a killer soundtrack. It's a love story about two tortured souls in a desolate Iranian ghost town called Bad City where a lonely vampire is stalking the town's most depraved denizens. That pretty much nails it.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. so some broad top view info about this film. It is in black and white. It is a foreign language film. They speak Farsi in it. So it's all subtitled. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely great. Um, it is, there's, there are, it's very visual. There are long stretches of, acting and storytelling going on in this that are dialogue free. Um, I thought that that made the performances which are compelling in their entirety. I thought that made them even more potent myself because when someone's talking, especially if you're reading what they're saying in subtitles, you're not looking at their face. Um, you're kind of listening to their words, and well, you're looking at their face probably, but you're i my mind processes what they are saying more than what's going on on their face or at least in equal measure and if they're not saying anything, the weight of what they're doing with their their uh, uh face and their eyes and their acting is is even more profound and this movie. I would say I was gonna say it really takes its time with these interpersonal moments, but it does more than that. It really ma- allows them to marinate in it. It it it's almost there's a lot in this movie that's almost daring you to look away or to stop paying attention. Um, I, I I just thought it was really compelling. What what were your you, had you seen this before? I had never seen it.
0: Yes, this, uh, this is the, th- I've watched this three or four times. I want to say this is probably my, th- my third time watching this. I, I love this movie. Um, it, uh, I mean, if I was making a list of my f- favorite movies of the last 10 years or so, like a top 10, this, this would be on there somewhere. Cause I doesn't I like it that much. It um, as you said, the, you know, it's black and white. The, uh, the cinematography is just beautiful um in it. And the thing that I think is kind of amazing about this is the director, she had directed several shorts before this, but this was her first feature length film.
1: Interesting. And,
0: yeah. And I, I mean, you know, you've made movies before. I I have not. I've always had, you know, a little bit of a fantasy that uh, I've always thought, oh, I would love to be a director. But to think like somebody does such an accomplished movie for their first film you know is one of those things where you just kind of think like uh i don't know that i could ever do something like that you know what i mean sure um but uh yeah the and you know i would say for there are probably people that that are unfamiliar with this movie and would say well black and white i don't know about black and white farsi i don't know about that but it's like you said it's um since so much of it is visual, um, you know, obviously there are parts where there are dialogue and and so you're dealing with um, the subtitles, but since it's so visual, I don't... uh, I think people that would be scared away of the subtitle aspect of it, if this were like a really heavy dialogue film, I could say, you know, maybe, but but I don't think... I, I think just the visuals... Um, you almost don't need to know what they're saying, you know
1: I do no, I think it's one of the one of the truly great things about the movie is um i mean it feels a little bit like an art house film with the black and white mm-hmm. with the really excellent soundtrack with the soundtrack is great, yeah, um, there are some moments where it's particularly featured I'm thinking of the scene in which um she takes him back. He got high at the party and meets her on the street. <laughs> Ironically, he's at a costume party. He's dressed as Dracula. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she brings him back to her apartment, her little subterranean grotto. And he's sort of collapsed on the bed. He's not unconscious, but he's just sort of spinning. And she puts on a record. And that scene is burned into my mind. It's so good, it's so cool. And sexy and scary because he is a he's a good looking guy, but he's got um, kind of a long neck kind of a, you know, he's 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 well built. I think some of the sites compared to James Dean and the, the mm-hmm. movie is clearly doing that. We meet him in jeans and a white T-shirt with a kind of upswept, you know, James Dean esque do. And yeah, we get it. Um, but so, the, you know, she's sort of he's stands up and they're facing each other and in the climax of this scene and she reaches up behind him and takes a handful of his hair and sort of gently pulls his head back so that his throat is is this giraffe-like exposure and she like inhales, it's like she's smelling that vein, the, the like that aorta that runs up the side of his neck. And you you so don't want her to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, she doesn't. But moment to moment, and there's no dialogue. There's just this great song playing. Moment to moment, you're not sure, and you really sense that she's not sure what she's gonna do either, you know. And she decides this guy is more interesting to see ha- what happens next than to just eat him, basically. Mm-hmm. Her performance in this is absolutely amazing. I mean, she is, I can't, everything that leaps into my mind, I check myself because it sounds insulting, but I would say um, she is an otherwise unremarkable face. I mean, she's attractive, but she's not like magazine beautiful, not in the pictures I've seen of her. And in the movie, that's certainly not what she's going for. But in the movie, she has these beautiful, big lamp-like eyes. Yes. And she goes through the movie, her kind of outerwear, I think what we see her in every single time we see her is sort of a, it's a black and white striped T-shirt that's sort of um, horizontal stripes and some sort of dark pants. And then I don't know if it's a true hijab or what that kind of, it's like a headscarf and a cloak. That's kind of a cape that covers her Whole body
0: so there's a term sort of... that they use for it in one of the uh, i watched a couple of inter- interviews with the, the director and the actress and they they use a term for the and i, I should have written it should have taken a note because i forget now what it was called but yeah
1: and the 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 image that that presents is certainly distinct right it's more or less this all black silhouette of a kind of a nun really it's just sort of a you know with with the pale face, her face, and then um, you can see a bit of the, the striped T-shirt. And at first, it's relatively unremarkable, except that it's strange to see a young woman out in the streets that are like... You know, you ever been to a really bad place, like a really dangerous neighborhood? Um, I have found myself in a couple... Uh, in my di- my time in New York, where yeah. I was sort of got lost, and most places in New York are crowded and busy, no matter what time you're there. But every now and then, you find yourself in a place it's just dead silent. There's no one on the streets. There's no act, you know. And in in New York, that is That's particularly scary. striking because yeah. you think. the the locals aren't out on the street. Like, you know, either something, it's not always like this and something either just went down or is about to go down or it's always like this and people know better than to be out in the street. And either way, it scares the heck out of you. And there's only maybe six actors in this whole movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So when when they're outside, it's only ever the one or two people that we ever meet. There aren't, shopkeepers and, you know, people pushing baby carriages. There's just no extras in this except in the party. You know, the party's full of yeah. people. But it's the storytelling and her performance. By the time you get to know her and you've spent some time following her on her evening feedings, the sight of her, you know, another character will be walking down the street and look up and then across the street, they'll notice... This young woman's standing there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are familiar with her at that point. And your my blood would run cold. I mean, it's just so terrifying. She has this thing that recurs again and again. That is, it's half playful and half menacing, and and tips over pretty quickly into menacing. Um, she'll sort of follow people, and they'll stop and turn around, and when when they stop, she'll stop. Yeah, you know. And then they'll start walking again, and and she'll be closer, and they'll turn, and she'll be closer. It's a child's game, but it's like you know, it's like red light, green light. But and she's not, she's not snarling. She's just staring at them with those big eyes, you know, those um, those like liquid black eyes. They're so intense, and uh, and then there's one thing. There's at least once when she sort of mimics the other person, like, you know, raise a hand and she'll raise a hand like like they're playing a game of mirror. You know, she'll just mirror. And I just that was so unsettling to me at first. It's funny. Yeah. You think. "Uh," And then you're just like, oh, she's playing with her food. It's just there's so much that unfolds and the director really lets gives it time for that to happen. And there's a lot of silence and a lot of stillness in this movie, but mm-hmm. there's no point at which, n- you know, something interesting isn't unfolding. It's
0: always compelling. You're never like, yeah. oh, this is boring, you know. I wouldn't right. go on to the next part, yeah. The air never goes out of it. Yeah. But
1: it is a very measured, even slow, you know, movie. Yes. Um, with little flashes of, like, when she does, when we see her bite somebody or kill somebody... You know she sort of strikes like a viper um but it's her over teeth pretty quickly pop out it's yeah cool how they do it you know it, it doesn't um th- this is not um this is not a horror movie that that like relishes in the the you know what I mean mm-hmm. we see her kill people but it isn't um I don't know you you know what I'm getting at I do yeah. when you see a vampire movie there's a lot of blood and a lot of ah there's no you know, real blood sort of, in
0: this. Um,
1: well, and it's all black and white. Yeah. So, you know, when there is, it's
0: black. You're right. Um, and it's- Very little it's blood, I should black say. Black blood
1: that. on her white face, and she normally puts on dark lipstick anyway, so her lips are black, and her skin is white, and her lips are black, and her teeth are white, and then the inside of her mouth behind her teeth is black. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's just these layers of of- There isn't even a lot of gray. It's like it's very, the exposure's turned way up. So it's really painted and on almost these two extremes. Um, Oh, I just
0: went on a major ramble there, bud. No, 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 that's good. Yeah. uh, It's, this movie to me is more eerie than horrific. You know, it just has a lot of. of eerie shots of like you said, where the, the head covering. So the director said that, um, she had just, she was kind of playing around when she came up with the idea for this movie. She, she put that on and she was like, Oh, it, it it makes me think of a vampire. And she's like, why has nobody ever done this before? (laughs) Uh, and then she said, this would be so great to have this, um, the head covering and be riding on a skateboard, which, you know, it's like a kind of a weird thing to come up with, but there is, she does. Sc- yeah. There's yeah. some scenes where she's on a skateboard and it sounds silly, but it's not, you know, the, the way it, uh, the way it's handled in the movie. Um, there's a lot of interesting things about this, uh, to me, we don't really get much in the way of background about, you know, we don't really know why I don't think there are so few people in this town. Um, there's a big, kind of ravine like a big pit of bodies that, that the actors or that the characters will walk by every once in a while. Um, you know, which is, is creepy obviously. And, um, even though this is, it's supposed to be Iran, they actually filmed this in Bakersfield, California or outside of Bakersfield. So the, I don't know about all the actors, but the, uh, the, uh, the woman who plays the girl, um, which I've forgotten her name, um, uh, Sheila Vand, and the director are Iranian-American. I, I think they were born in the, you know, they were each born in the United States, but they're Iranian descent. Um, uh, I forget where I was going with this, but um, I think the, the, I don't know if, if she intentionally did this because it was a lower budget movie. But I think the the fact that there are so few people in this town, because like you said, you know, when she's out roaming roaming around at night, there might be one or two other people that really plays well into a low budget movie. You know, you don't need very many actors, but it's such a, it's just so creepy to have just, just this empty, you know, town at night. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the
1: so it's a vampire movie about a woman who looks to be in her twenties um, is the vampire, mm-hmm. and there's so much going on with her. We never find out if there are other vampires. We never find out how she became a vampire. She does she does speak, but but very, very, very seldom. Little. Yeah, um, and we get the impression it's not like we have a clear sense of what she wants. I think that for me, the pervasive sense I got was that she's mostly bored. Um And that this kind of, you know, you can imagine you get the sense of a, a deathless life that she doesn't age and nothing changes as she goes out and feeds on people. It just, you know, that she's almost forgotten what, Nothing in the movie seems to give her any pleasure, and she meets this guy, and it's not like love at first sight, like, you know, little hearts appear above her head. It's just that it almost seemed to me like she meets this guy, and for the first time in a long time, there's something that is mildly of any interest to her at all. Yeah. You know? Like you say, she they she plays little games with people. She doesn't just swoop out of the darkness and kill them. And sometimes she lets them go. Sometimes she decides there's a little boy, mm-hmm. and she scares the bejesus out of the little boy. You know, she says, "Are you a good boy? Don't lie to me." And she repeats it again and again. And he's terrified. He's going to wet his pants. And she basically threatens him, and says. It's. She's really deliberately bears her teeth and and uses a demonic voice and says something to the effect of "I could, you know, pull your eyeballs out of your skull and feed them to the, the, the dogs." Yeah, I liked that. I liked that line. You know, and then she lets that sit with him for a minute, and and she says, "I I'm I will be watching you." Every day, what for the
0: rest of your life? Or I yeah, because the first. kid's kind of uh, he's he's kind of this bad little kid, you know. But but everybody in the town basically is bad, you know. And for so she part. says, "Be yeah. a good, be a good boy." Yeah, and she lets him go, and he runs off, leaving his skateboard.
1: And then she gets on the skateboard, which you can't really see under her robe in the dark. She throws a shadow over it, you know. So you just mm-hmm. hear this, and she's just sort of drifting down the street on this skateboard, and you know it's just yeah. a crazy mix of like surreal like a lonely emo uh terrifying vampire it's there's just so many different flavors here visually and in the performance i i'm not doing it justice in describing it but in
0: in the wrong hands this could have been very campy but it's in no it's 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 really a sad movie Um, because kind of all the characters. So the, you know, this kind of boy or young man that she um, is interested in, um, you know, he, he's, I guess kind of the only, or one of the only kind of nice people in the film. There's a drug dealer, this really bad guy who's a drug dealer that she kills early on in the movie. Um, The, the boy's father, not the boy, but the the kind of boyfriend's father, is a drug addict, um, and kind of all he he doesn't seem to do anything except, um, you know, take heroin and be craving heroin. Basically, there's a yeah, prostit- he's yeah,
1: full on hooked. Yeah, you know. he's in he's real just, real bad yeah. shape.
0: There's a prostitute who you just kind of feel sorry for her, but it's just kind yeah. of this. It's just kind of this collection of just these sad people. Um, And even the young man, our hero,
1: when he he goes, because the drug dealer is selling drugs to his dad, his dad can't pay, and so the drug dealer takes the young man's car, which is like his pride and joy that he has saved up. It's like
0: an old Thunderbird or something. Yeah,
1: and he takes it. Mm -hmm. And the kid goes... Look, goes over to his place, being like, "Come on, uh," you know." He steals some earrings, right? Mm -hmm. But what we see is basically a good kid who is willing to work. You know, he's cleaning somebody's apartment or handyman or something. And he starts by stealing the rich uh, girl's earrings off her nightstand, and then he's going to go and try and swap them for the car. And he finds the guy dead, and he goes and he starts dealing the guy's drugs. So he sees an opportunity, and it's it's also a world in which the only avenue open to good people is this sort of slippery slope down, you know, into bad things.
0: Yeah, you don't see any kind of job that people do or anything. There are oil rigs, but you don't know, you never see anybody working on them or anything. They're
1: atmospheric, yeah. The whole thing is atmospheric. It's about, it's an industrial place. There's industry's going and you don't have any part of it, you're not reaping any benefit from it. Um you know, it's just a thing that's polluting your sky and creating, you know, sounds and yeah. I think we it's a cheery enough movie when we meet the guy in his fancy car and then he's walking and he crosses this little bridge and as we pan out the bridge goes over this kind of aqueduct kind of, you know, like you mentioned it's like um it's where when when rain would flow you, you've created a big wide ditch to sort of channel all the water down and it's just
0: full of bodies yeah strewn. and there's no and, there's never really an ex- explanation of that is there i mean no but really...
1: we d- no, but we do see and he doesn't look at it twice we do see she takes at least one at, at least once she takes a victim and, and right after having drunk their blood and just rolls the body down into the pit. So we but don't I,
0: know if these are all her people that she's killed or what. I didn't I, I, didn't
1: that, I didn't, I didn't, didn't assume that I didn't either assume that she is the one. I lived a rough town and people kill each other and and die along the way and it happens with such a frequency that a you need, there's a big place where they get dumped mm-hmm. and B, there is no investigation or whatever. It's just like that's where your body gets left when you, you know, the cards come down wrong on you yeah. and she puts her victims there too.
0: It just seems like in the description, you know, they talked about it being a ghost town and it does in a way seem like a place where it's just almost been kind of abandoned and there's just a few people left because like when the the guy drives around in his old Thunderbird, do we ever see another car? I, I nope. didn't recall there ever being another car. So it's No, it's, but it's, the, it's,
1: interestingly, their performance doesn't indicate. You know what I mean? It's not like a last man on earth kind of film. No, because there's
0: a store that. There's one yeah. point where she goes into a store or a cafe or something. So there the are. The impression is, in is this that place. it's
1: still a populated place. It's yeah. just like you're all living pretty close to the edge, and no one's particularly surprised when somebody slips over the edge. Right um but it does it feels like a lonely ghost town and we meet this lonely vampire living in this lonely ghost town you know and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we you can read in the synopsis you can say she only kills the bad people that doesn't feel like a mission you know it doesn't feel like she has a hard and fast rule no <laughs> she seems to she seems to have a general you know still the sort of echo of a preference to like oh well I don't. Maybe I, you know. Maybe it'd be more fun right now to just scare this kid than to mm-hmm. eat him. But it's so much more interesting than it's like. Oh, this is the one good vampire. She's not. No. <laughs> you no. know, <laughs> per se. Uh, <laughs> she seems to genuinely enjoy terrifying him, and it' not because he. I know he did something naughty. I'm gonna You know, just because it's fun. It's you know. But even saying that is almost too strong. Like, we just don't see her take a lot of pleasure. And, and part of the sadness is you start to feel like she's incapable of it, mm-hmm. which is something that I've thought about with vampires for a long time. Like, you say, oh, this or that vampire's lived almost a thousand years, or this is the vampire's lived 3,000 years, you know, and you think you'd go insane. <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing would have any. Like, what are you
0: living for? Everybody you've ever known has died, you know, and or and, or will and die. And there's
1: no nothing changes, right? People mm-hmm. fight wars and wrestle for power, and our lives are short enough in comparison to that. That you maybe you get rich and you figure you made it, or you know you achieve some goal you had and made a mark, and you. But but then you die before you ever live long enough to realize the folly, you know? Yeah. And, and 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 if you just lived and lived and lived and lived, what's the point? You could cu- accumulate a lot of wealth, but even those comforts would, would come to feel, you know, boring and rote. It's like hmm. there's no – other than feeding, there would just be no – you wouldn't fall in love because you would just watch that person. You know what I mean? It would just yeah. – after a while, it would all – it's sad. It's depressing. Oh, yeah. You know the thought of it.
0: One thing that was interesting with this, along those lines, that I'd never really thought about exactly in these terms with a with a vampire movie. Um, so again, this came from uh, an interview that I watched with the two of them. They said that, uh, and you know, this isn't in the script or you know isn't isn't on screen. This was just their backstory. But they said that she's um, she's 158 years old, and they and I was thinking you know, these people in the town, when they're walking around at night, it never seems like any of them know her or anything. Cause like the, uh, um, when she kills the drug dealer, she's just walking down the street and she sees the drug dealer and, you know, he sees her and it's kind of like, Hey, you know, and asks her to come back to his place. Um, and so he doesn't seem to know her. And I thought, why would these people not be at least aware, you know, maybe not know that it's a vampire, but be aware of this person. Well, like they said in this interview, she would never she's never seen the daytime. She only comes out at night, right? You know, obviously that's what vampires are going to do. And I never really I kind of never really thought about it in that way that um they were like she does not know what this town looks like in the daylight. She has no and idea. And again, that's never um,
1: discussed in the film. Yeah. Right, like it isn't. But it's uh, just never mentioned or brought
0: up. We're left to right um, interpret that or assume that. But that kind of, to me, kind of answered my question of, um, uh, you know, how do these people not know who they who she is? Well, if if it were just people that primarily were just out, you know, in the daytime, they never would have run into her, you know. So wouldn't uh, right wouldn't and it you know.
1: it strikes me as the kind of town where people like the the. Very title, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, is kind of like this is not a town you want to be walking around alone at night in. Yeah. Even though we don't see any other people, it's like people just aren't out at night. So seeing this young woman out alone, you at first, you're like, shouldn't you, you know, are you out alone? (laughs) Like, you should, where are you going? Go there. You Know, don't be out on these streets, but she's the menace, really. I mm-hmm. mean, I think there are probably many menaces. The drug dealer is comfortable being out on the streets alone at light because he thinks he's the predator, yeah. Um, I just and that's really cool how they turned said, that. What that's, 100, oh, so, 100, sorry, 158, you said
0: she's 100. That's 100. yeah, that's what they said in the interview. So, it,
1: let's just say she's 20, 25, or 28, right? Mm-hmm. So, that means that. She would have become a vampire over a hundred years ago, right, mm-hmm. and no when, last time she would have been in the sunshine, nobody would still be alive that knew yeah. her from then uh, yeah, that's so fascinating. What were you gonna say
0: um i that's interesting that you bring up that the uh that the drug dealer feels like he's the predator um and that's uh I really like that scene where you know he takes oh, yeah. her back That's and great. and again he thinks he's this really tough guy um and you know she just it's only about 5 minutes or so before you know before she kills him one question that i had that i wondered what you thought what do you think the the time period is on this movie is it the 80s well the music kind of implies that doesn't mm-hmm. it and she but then you
1: know i don't have a ton of experience overseas but like i went to russia in 1990 mm-hmm. and well the soviet union then uh in ukraine a couple of places and i guess some people had contemporary american music but more frequently you would hear stuff that was a decade or two old and i wonder if You know, it's supposed to be kind of more or less now, but the music she's digging on is just dated. Yeah, maybe.
0: Because that's one of the only things that when you were talking about, you know, there isn't anything that brings her pleasure. Music seems to be the only thing kind of that she's into. She has a record player and she plays records. When she kills people, she typically robs them as well. You know, so she takes their... You know the jewelry or watches or things like that, and when she kills the drug dealer, she takes his c d s um so uh,
1: that's right, yeah, but remember the party scene seemed quite contemporary, yeah, true. when he's in the party, that didn't feel you know dated no. it didn't feel like eighties hair and eighties shoulder pads. it just
0: no, so I think that's another one of those things that just kind of plays into the this you know, there's very much an otherworldly feeling in this film. It's very much a, um, not in a bad way, but, you know, these movies like this where it's just like, you you just feel like the people are in a movie and they don't really exist in the real world, you know?
1: Yeah. So yeah. it has this kind of think timeless
0: it's... quality. And also the black and white plays into that really, you know, black and white has very much a, a timeless feel just in general I think in movies and in this, it just, you know, I, I think it really, if this would have been shot in color, I think it would have lost something in that regard as far as having a, that kind of timeless quality.
1: Yeah. Cause it does, it, it feels a little bit like a fairy tale. It definitely it's definitely feels Bad like city, you know, is where they right, live. Feels like noir, mm-hmm. um,
0: deliberately.
1: Um, do you, do you have that page in front of you? Do you know what the budget on this was?
0: Uh, let me see. I'll try and I'll take a look here. Another uh, interesting thing about this is um, Elijah Wood was one of the uh, executive producers on this. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. I'll take a look here real quick and see if I can find.
1: Take a little look, see to see what the spent on it.
0: It made. Box Office Mojo used to, they, IMDb took it over, and it's kind of sucked since then. But um, it made five hundred forty-six thousand dollars worldwide. I do not see, I do not see a budget, so I don't know. But you know, I, it had to be an inexpensive movie. There's, yeah. there
1: are no name. Actors. I would think
0: under a million dollars. I mean, oh yeah. Um, but it in no way it it is not a it does not feel like a low budget movie at all. No, Again, it, no, I was going to so accomplished. You know,
1: I was going to say I, this is such a smart, well executed micro budget. I assume indie movie by a first time director. It's just like you know you take you could shoot on. The cameras are cheap now, so I don't know what they shot on. I don't think this was shot on iPhones, but, you know, you shoot on digital cameras. You can do the black and white in post very easily. You only have about six people. You're shooting in Bakersfield. I mean, they could have shot this in four weeks. They could have shot it. You know what I mean? Could have shot it in two weeks if they had their stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a handful of locations. The most complicated one to shoot is probably the party scene because just there's, there's people. And it's great, <laughs> you know, the performances. The director has to be able to talk to the people, be like, okay, you know, here's a back. Have, let's have these conversations about the backstory. And remember, I talked I talked about this with you. I want to see. Let's do it again. I want to see a take where. We see it some of that more right before mm-hmm. we get to this other mood, and um, and just really really great um, communication with the performers and and getting them because they're these long locked off shots, a lot of long silent shots, and they're interesting throughout. Yeah, you know, like I talk about. Watching her when he is so vulnerable and really not knowing and feeling like she's not sure moment to moment what she's going to do. But she's taking her time because she's got plenty of time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the the thing that she has for sure.
1: Sometimes she's toying with somebody, but she's not toying with him. She's like really trying to explore what it is about this particular guy that she finds you know there's just so much going on internally for that character. Yeah. And you see it all in her eyes and on her
0: face. It's really compelling. Yeah, it's uh the way that she acts with her eyes is really is really impressive. She's she's really fantastic in this. Um, I found, uh, I still haven't found a budget, but, um, I found an article that, uh, talks a bit about what they did. They, they raised some of the money, uh, through Indiegogo. And then the director met, uh, Margaret Atwood and she, I guess has a big social media following and like tweeted out about her and that got her some, some, uh, attention. And then, uh, Elijah Wood got involved and invested some money, but it doesn't. It doesn't say anything about what the the actual dollar amount was, but
1: I think it's sort of a shame the thing didn't make more money than that. Um, I th- I don't know what the industry is like today, but I, that's I've paid more for significantly less interesting films. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I feel like it, that ought, that is a movie that ought to be financially rewarded. I mean, let's just say they spent $20,000 on it, then making 500000 worldwide is a pretty good return. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably more accurate to think that they spent. I don't know. You know, the one we took to Sundance, which is nowhere near as good a movie as this on any level, um, we spent $35,000 on it. So um, you can really shoot. This looks like they spent a little more time and energy. I'm sure they fed people like we were like a bunch of kids making a movie. I'm sure sure they treated folks here like adults. But let's just say they could have done it for one hundred thousand dollars you know what i mean and then mm-hmm. you make you know, five times that pack that would be amazing oh yeah it looks like return. they
0: raised 50,000 on indiegogo and then i don't know how much more was invested since so then this movie i mean it's still you know small compared to some something big budget but it's it's found somewhat of an audience it has a on imdb it has a 7 out of 10 rating with yeah. um with over 30,000 uh ratings so i mean that's pretty good for for a small film like this, Oh, it's great. Say, Thirty thousand reviews, you know. So I'd people, say it's have, great. Yeah, and she has gone on to. So um, what? What got me to thinking about this is um, it was announced this week or a couple of weeks ago that she is directing a remake of Cliffhanger, the the Stallone movie, but it's going oh. to be with a a woman in the in the Stallone role, I guess. And but her second movie. Is it's interesting. I didn't like it as much as this. I don't think it's quite as successful, but um, it's called The Bad Batch. It came out in two, 2016, and it has um, it has a really interesting cast. It has uh, uh, Jason Momoa is in it, Keanu Reeves, Jim Carrey, um, and then a bunch of other actors that you would what? Recognize. Yeah, it's kind of a it's like a post apocalyptic. Uh, film in the desert it's very strange uh, that's one that we could watch sometime if you if you'd like i mean it's it's interesting like i said I, I did not like it nearly as much as uh as a girl walks home alone at night but...
1: jason momoa and jim carrey in the same movie
0: in the same movie and jim carrey and keanu almost... reeves and keanu reeves yeah <laughs> keanu reeves in a really weird role um jim carrey is almost recognizable in it he's kind of like just this uh, kind of nomad, like in the desert, um, almost like a homeless guy. But yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting film. It just it didn't quite come together um, as well as as uh, a girl walks home alone at night. I didn't think. But
1: what else? I mean, I I, I don't want to give this one short shrift because I liked it so much. But I feel like I've raved on and on, and I I don't know
0: it's so it's very simple so there's not a lot of yeah. you know, a lot of plot that you can get into or anything It's just uh, I mean I like I've said, I highly recommend this again, it's not for everybody because there are people that would be turned off by the the foreign language and, and the um, the black and white it's it's not a hardcore. Sure, but it wears that on its sleeve. It's not,
1: you know, you're not fooled. If you watch the trailer, you're not fooled. You know what you're into. I think more likely people, I'm not sure this is the kind of thing that I ever would have checked out if you Mm -hmm. hadn't said, let's watch this one. It's really great. Um, But I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think more, more than anything else, what I take away from this movie is it's, It's a series of characters, um, and they're all continually faced with choices, right? They can Mm -hmm. choose to take the easy route that might be the bad route, or they can choose something different that might be a little harder, but makes it easier for them to live with themselves. And the movie doesn't proselytize about what they should or shouldn't do, right? They're not rewarded by the film god for doing good. Or evil, right? So it doesn't feel like an evil universe. It just feels like a a neutral universe in which evildoers, you know, the bad guys tend to kind of profit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: f- you know, at the expense of the people who choose not to to be bad. And we see the vampire make a whole series of choices and and decisions. Like lots of these long scenes are full of moments in which one both character are processing what they want to do next. What do I make of this? What do I want to do next, right? Mm-hmm. And it they're not big things like I'm going to do it. I'm going to go train to use the force. It's more like I don't think I'll bite him right now. Somehow mm-hmm. it's more interesting to see what happens if I don't. Right. You know? So and so so in another couple of moments in the next scene, she'll have different choices to make. Like, I vaguely got the sense that it may only be recently that she has decided not to kill people. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what I
1: mean? Like, maybe letting the boy go is kind of a first in a long time or ever for her. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, but it's never commented on. And the other thing I love about it is it leaves a lot of room for us to bring our own interpretations to it. Yeah, You know, so there's a poetry to the movie in that way that... It shows you what it shows you and it shows it to you beautifully and lyrically and powerfully. But along the way, there is a lot of room for our interpretation and filling in the blanks. And it doesn't feel like the movie has holes because of no. that. It just feels like that that's the, that's the take on life that the movie has. It's like we all make a million decisions a day some of which feel important and some don't and some of the ones that don't feel important end up being important and some of the ones that feel important couldn't make a difference
0: you know yeah. you don't you don't know that in the moment yeah yeah and i just thought that was so profound oh yeah absolutely absolutely and you know one thing that just occurred to me there isn't really any what you would call vampire lore in this. You know, one of the things that that right. a lot of times vampire movies get kind of bogged down with is either they're going to follow the established vampire rules of, you know, like there's... Dracula. Live, yeah, it's Dracula. He lives in a coffin and you kill him with a stake, you know, and the vampire has to... You have to invite the vampire into your house. You know, something like uh, another movie that we really liked, but something like... Uh, fright night where there's all these rules of, and, you know, and, and sometimes you'll have vampire movies where it's like, we're gonna, you know, we're going to change all the rules. We're going to make the vampires walk around in the daytime, you know, and, and, but they, as long as they wear suntan lotion or, you know, something like that. And this doesn't have any of that. She doesn't sleep in a coffin. There's no stakes. She has fangs. That's, that's about the only thing in it that, and, you know, and, and she's out at night and they retract, yeah, and they retract. But other than so that's that,
1: that's the specific thing is the fangs present themselves.
0: Right. But other than that, like we've said, we get no background on her. We don't know how she became a vampire, um, you know, or any of that. And there's, I think it's neat that she just kind of did away with all of that stuff that seems to be in almost every vampire movie, you know, That's like, oh, they can't cross water or they can't, you know, they're, right? they're there's nothing about garlic or anything like she that. She doesn't fly. Yeah. right? There's no crosses exactly. because it's a rom, you know, but yeah, there's, there's, there are of hints that. of things like the cat
1: and she yeah. sort of sent in, but, but, but you don't know. No, you don't really know. And again, like moment. you said, there's that's kind close of left the cat's eyes. And then she sort of stops and then goes, but we don't know what happened. Did the cat just send her a message? like, I don't know, I don't yeah. know what do
0: you think, or did she hear something we don't we don't have any right. does idea. it
1: does it particularly matter? it doesn't, no. but no. there's a excuse me a rich um a rich field of options to contemplate yeah but the but the like in underwater, I kept all the little things that took me out of it like so there's one monster, but there are many monsters, so we built this underwater thing with. Tons of windows in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's none of that in this movie. You know, I didn't find myself wanting to pick apart any little decision or any little moment being like, well, why why that? Why did that happen, right? It all seemed to flow completely naturally from the character's evolution. Like, it was always clear when he decided to do something stupid in that moment. He was thinking of his father, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you go, oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's a dumb decision, but I—it's clear and believable why he would choose to do that right now, given what you know. We just saw him witness or, his th- you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like the movie is is shaving off a bunch of you know spurs of logic. That I'm like, well, blah, 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 blah. don't don't worry about that. Right? Here's the car turning into a robot. You know, mm-hmm. it. um it was true to its own storytelling and honest in a way that I thought was really
0: refreshing too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for a, you know, a, a slow movie um, this has really great re- replay value. When I told you about this, you know, a week, a week or so ago and I, I texted you that I, I had just, I sat down and I just wanted to check to see what streaming services it was on. And I found it and I thought, oh, I'll just turn it on for a minute and just, you know, check out the beginning. And then I watched, I hadn't intended to watch it at that point. I was going to watch it later. And I watched like three fourths of the movie because it, for me, it just really sucks you in. Yeah. You know, right away.
1: Yeah. I agree. So thumbs up. I mean, we can summarize if you want, but I think.
0: No, it's highly been recommended been sort of, for me yeah
1: highly recommended we've been we've been recommending it all along so just to quickly summarize for those of you who tune in right at the end because <laughs> that's <laughs> how how that a happens. podcast works exactly yeah uh, black and white foreign language um, relatively slow and I don't mean that pejoratively but it is a very measured pace great soundtrack great performances low budget independent first time filmmaker um, it, that's not going to be every. It feels like an art house movie. That's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But if if you if you hear that and you don't have a bunch of like nah pass, you're gonna love this movie. I think it's yeah. It is a vampire movie, but it's not your traditional vampire movie. And to me, it really plays with a lot of the themes of like what would it be like to be a vampire? You know, in terms of the loneliness and the sort of sad tone. And I, I don't know.
0: I I just. I was really delightfully surprised by it. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I, I thought you would like it, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that you enjoyed it so much. I and wish it, I had
1: a bunch of. I mean, for me, the only one I've been able to do this with so far is Crawl, and it's just not that great a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, <laughs> well come you up. Seen we'll come see Crawl. Yeah. The
0: that I watched I'm like, oh, <laughs> Crawl. Uh. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up. We'll come up some, with some more like that. But but yeah, this is just a the the word that comes to mind for me is just beautiful. I watch this and I just think this is just such a beautiful looking film. You yeah, know, and it is
1: it is scary. I don't want to yeah. make it sound like it's not scary, but the scary is in the performance. The scary is not in a bunch of jump scares and you know vampire movies. It's just it's all in her eyes. She's a She's really creepy in this. And you root for her, you know, as yeah. she's the ingenue and the antagonist. It's like...
0: Yeah, you're scared of her, but you're also drawn to her, basically. Yeah. I would say. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's off subject, but w- would you want to talk about uh Baby Yoda a little bit since it finished? Oh, man. And for people who, you know, don't you don't care about The Mandalorian, then this is the end of our... Yes. Uh, ...girl walks home alone at night. You can, yeah, so. you can
1: just... Okay, for those of you who don't want spoilers about The Mandalorian, hey, thanks, we'll talk to you next week. But uh, if you... Uh, the, so, The Mandalorian Season 3? Is that two? Two. two. See, end of Season 2, it just finished. And I just, I love the series. I think it's mm-hmm. um, it's been so much fun. As a Star Wars enthusiast, I think it... Channels all the stuff about Star Wars. I really loved the original m- movies as a kid, and they've had a bunch of fun surprises. I thought Boba Fett coming back was going to be the big one. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm like, oh, they're literally bringing back an original character. But and I will warn you again, if you are watching it and you haven't seen it yet or you care at all, please don't listen to any more of this because we're going to royally spoil it. And it is new. It's not like this came out three years ago or 25 years ago. This is Mm -hmm. airing right now. This came out like last week. But it is so cool. I really want to talk about it. Okay? Warned. You've been warned. All right. So when I saw that green lightsaber, I was like, no way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, no way. And they totally did it. I mean, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker comes to pick up the baby Yoda, man. That's so amazing. Did you dig it as much as I did? Oh, it? yeah,
0: yeah. I tell you, so um, the, I have to admit, so those last four, well, the three episodes before that, so you had the uh, the one where we saw, uh, and I might be getting the order mixed up on this, but the one where, uh, where Boba Fett first came back. And here's, I'm such a sucker for all the stuff. I get excited just when we see new ships and stuff, you know, or, or new old yeah. ships. So like when we saw Sh- slave one, you know, Boba Fett ship, I was like, holy shit, it's Boba Fett. You know, yeah. that was in, uh, um,
1: and it and, looks great. I mean, oh this God. series
0: is executed.
1: So it's just right on the money.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I loved that episode. I loved the one with the, uh, the, character that Rosario Dawson plays, that what's what's yeah. her name? Ashoka or uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that one. I love the one with Bill Burr. I thought that was such a cool so that was the, the next train one. One. Yeah, yeah, the train yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was so cool. And then I have to admit, up until the Luke stuff, I was a little bit underwhelmed with the the fight because the the dark troopers or whatever, yeah. I think are kind of lame, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And that felt sort of not Star Wars to me in a way, but then once Luke shows up and starts, you know, dispatching them, it was like, okay, yeah. this is awesome.
1: And then know? it closes you're like, okay, so we needed some big bad droids, you know, mm-hmm. some Darth Vader looking droids. Yeah. Um that that he can basically just smush. Um and that's what you got. That sequence, man. Oh, so that Good. was kind of
0: comparable to the the end of Rogue One with Darth Vader where yes. you know he's killing the uh, Frankly the it's what
1: I as a kid it's what I yearned for throughout all three movies like yeah. the closest it ever really got w- was when uh, Luke and uh Darth Vader fought in Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. and maybe at the end of the third one where mm-hmm. he's there uh, and there's the showdown with the Emperor maybe mm-hmm. But the the lightsaber duel between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader felt extremely underwhelming. I mean, it, it packed oh, yeah, the yeah. punch it was supposed to pack, but at the end of Rogue One, we see what happens. You know, it's like he's just chopping through he's people vicious. with his. Yeah. yeah. Like a. Like a. Like a. Going through the jungle with a machete, you know. Just <laughs> and he's so throwing people with the force, like crushing people with the force, and you just kind of like. Yeah, why would especially Vader?
0: Why would he hold back? This is not. There's no subtlety. Yeah, no kind of wasted movements or anything. With you know, how and in
1: the reboots, they do some fun things like they st- the blast doors close and they both stick their you know they stick the lightsaber through the door like right. a hot knife and butter. And I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I am not gonna enthusiastically sign off on every aspect of those movies. But,
0: but there are cool moments things you're like, in them. That's yeah.
1: pretty cool. Because it's a laser sword. Like, oh, there's so much fun stuff you could do with a laser sword.
0: hmm For sure.
1: And uh, this sort of swashbuckling element of him just – he's not breaking stride, right? He's just in that cloak, and he's just kind of getting where he's going, and things yeah. leap out at him, and he's like – you know, cuts one in half and flips the other and just crushes one and lifts it up with the force and just crunches it. And it That's just goes fun. on and on. There's like 35 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, he, he flies in, he gets out of his ship and he just walks like, they follow him on the view screens. He just walks through the levels. Yeah. Cutting him down, and then he gets there, and he pulls the hood back, and they do that CGI thing.
0: Now, what did you think of the CGI? How did how did um you... It's looks like, so it's you know it's wooden. Yeah. Um, I think they were wise
1: not to have him, not to do too much of it, because mm-hmm. I think right now, I think where they are right now with that is with that deep fake stuff. Um, You can get away with it pretty well if you use a light touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you try and get too ambitious with it... Well, actually, I saw something on the internet where it compares what they did with Rogue One and um, Moff Tarkin and and Princess Leia Mm -hmm. with using deepfake technology to... Do it instead. And the deep fake stuff. Yeah, the deep fake is better. Looks better.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks better. So why so can you not like, use that? I don't know I don't it.
1: know. I don't know. I was kinda of like, well, there's your answer. Just do, deepfake <laughs> Just do stuff. that. Do yeah. That.
0: So but Luke so Luke Good enough
1: good enough for government work. I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah.
0: oh yeah. So Luke comes to take uh Baby Yoda to train him and we get you know Grogu, this... please. Grogu, Grogu, yeah. Nobody's nobody's gonna call him Grogu. Uh but the so there's this genuinely touching scene where he's like, OK, you know, you're going to go with him and he takes off his helmet. So, yeah. you know, baby Yoda. Can, and, you know, it's like this. I'm not crying. You're crying, you know, scene where he yeah. touches it. He reaches out to touch his face, you know, and it's like they. And you just think about how what a genius thing it was to such a simple thing, but how it was just a genius move to come up with this character, Baby Yoda, you know, because everybody has just lost their minds over it, you know. Um, so yeah. then so then we have so he's going to take Baby Yoda. So then. We have the credits and we have a post credit scene. Um, oh, I didn't stick around for that. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, Don't tell me. OK, don't okay, spoil it for me. I'm going to go
1: back. I'm going to we're going to get off okay. of here. I'm going to
0: finish this episode. I'm going to go check it out. Okay, so we'll just we'll talk about that on the next uh Okay. That's next, a great note. Okay. All, for well, all those of those of you who
1: don't give a darn about Star Wars and signed off or stayed, thank you for indulging a couple of nerds who love their Star Wars. But um
0: Oh you're gonna be blown away no, by the this, this Yeah, no, no.
1: I didn't I didn't stick through it. I was like, Oh, okay. that was great. That
0: was great and I turned it off. Nope. You gotta watch. And are it there always
1: credits. after credits? Do I have to go no, back to I, every episode?
0: No, I think just I think just with this finale. But, um, yeah, yeah. So
1: I will definitely go check it
0: out and <laughs> so, do we uh, know
1: what we're doing for next time. So we could tell, Oh people? no, we didn't
0: even talk about it. Uh, I guess we'll have to talk about that later. Cause I don't have any idea unless you have a, a good idea of something that you want to see.
1: Um, there's a bunch of stuff on our list, but we, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we're, we're at time. So let's just call it, um, sure. let's just call it a TBD and, yeah. um, Happy New Year, everybody! I mean, uh, we, when we record these is earlier than they air, so I know it's all out. of yeah, will be a couple of weeks but, after the yeah. beginning of the year, but yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, as always. Um, if you have any feedback, we have. Did you see we got a couple of um, emails? I from didn't. People? No, no. Go go check it out. Um, okay, cool. Because we we have at least one recommendation to check out um, a movie, and I think it's called um, War Machine or something. I, I I'm spacing on now. I'm okay. I'm saying this on the cool. mic, but. Um, yeah, keep, keep reaching out to us with your feedback and ideas. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. So get in there and bleep and bloop and connect with us. And, um, we will talk to you next week. All right.